You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I have another packed one for you today, starting with an interview with linebacker Ryan Kerrigan about the lengths he goes to to have a healthy, productive career. This was first for a story on ESPN.com last week, but now you can hear the full interview. And then it's J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington and the host of the Redskins Talk podcast. He and I will be talking about Colt McCoy and what his injury situation means for the quarterback race. And then it's on to your mailbag questions. But first, my interview with linebacker Ryan Kerrigan. When you look at your career, I mean, you look back and are you surprised that you haven't missed a game? I mean, that's amazing. In ways, yes, just because, I mean... I can sit here and say, oh, yeah, I, it's because I take such great care of myself. But, I mean, there's definitely a, a luck, a, you know, a divine intervention factor in that as well. I mean, I'd be ignorant to think there was, and I've been really fortunate and really blessed to have been able to not miss any games. But I do really work to take care of myself. So, in some ways, yes, surprising. In some ways, I mean, I, I know I take care of myself, so I expect to be out there. Do, do you like talking about this? Because, like... Not, not, you know, everybody's like, don't, don't even ask him, don't ask him. But well, I mean, I am a, su- I am superstitious to an extent, but I mean, it's, I mean, no, I'm not, I don't mind. So you're not superstitious, but you maybe are a little, a little stitious. stitious. Little there st- you yeah, are. Yeah, right, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Office. There yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so, what is it when you? you know, it's also kind of weird because you got, you're someone who hasn't missed a game, and this team has been so beset by injuries. Is that a little bit weird to you? That I mean, I don't know. It was just the luck factor i mean I th- like i said i think there certainly is you know a i'm i'm fortunate i'm i'm blessed i'm, I'm lucky to you know not have missed any games and you know um i mean when you look at the fact that you know when i broke my hand in 2015 that was going into a bye week if I, if that wasn't going into a bye week i don't think i would have been able to play that next game if we if there were a game then so when you look at things like that there's certainly a a, a bigger power than just what i'm doing True. to control my control you know my body and you know how I work and that is like there's like guys get hurt in weird ways and like you just so it's just random it can be but for you like one thing I talked to you about a couple years ago about your diet how much do you feel like well first of all let me back up what do you think when you look at what you do what do you think maybe matters most to what you do diet I would say is most important really why is that I would say even more so than training because I, one of our nutritionists has a saying that you can't out-train a bad diet, and I, I truly believe that. You know, just you see people over the years who you know are, you know, work out, work out, work out, but then they're going home and they're not eating well and they're they're struggling losing weight or whatnot. So, just from a like just from that standpoint, but also from you know football from a football standpoint, you know, if you're 
you're out here, you know, working your ass off into it in, in training camp, and then you're going back to the hotel and ordering burgers and fries from room service, you're gonna you're gonna struggle the next few days, and you're gonna you know deplete your body and not allow your body to you know get back up the up the par to, to run the next day. So what is your diet like? What do you you know? I know you got tested a couple years ago too for was it food allergies or yes, something like yeah. that? So. What, what is your diet? First of all, let's go back to the food allergies. Why did you get tested for those, and what did it reveal? Well, I was reading a, reading a book, you know, Drew Brees wrote a few mm-hmm. years back, and he talked about he got his food allergies yeah, tested. Kirk got and, that tested too. Yeah, he got, uh, he's actually the one. You know, I okay. reached out to the person at the same company that did his. But uh, um, I think, uh, you know, I, I reached out. I, I back To backtrack, I read the Drew Brees book, um, and then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to see if that works for me to see if, you know, that's something that could help me out. And because the way Drew Brees described it was, it's not you, you have you have intolerances in your body that they may not make you break out in hives, they may not make you throw up, but they're it's maybe promoting an inflammatory response okay. in your body and in your joints. And so I thought that was that really spoke, that really struck with me. I was right. like, that's interesting. So got my food allergy test, and I found I was eating a lot of things that were um, while they may be healthy on the surface, you know, milk, you know, eggs, whey protein. Um, doing good. They're promoting an inflammatory response in my body, and so um, I, I eliminated eliminated those, and I really I, I felt a world difference. Really? Yeah. And how so? Like how? Like what kind of difference do you feel? You just didn't feel as achy. I mean, it was like it, I, how do I describe it? I don't know. Throughout, it was really it, I did it at the start of the 2017 season, and I I felt great that entire year. I never had one one week where I was like, oh man, I'm really banged up. And I, I, I felt great. I was wow. able to work out. Real, I was able to lift really hard all year because of that, which that you know really helped yeah. as well. And yeah, it's a, it was it really made a big difference. So after diet, then what what do you feel is next? Because you do a it's lot kinda, of prep work too. It's kind of one of the one and the same, but hydration. I drink a lot of water. I probably I probably drink three hundred ounces a day. Three hundred. So, yeah, I mean, probably a little more so during training campus because you don't want to cramp up because it's so hot out here. But, yeah, I probably drink around 15, 20-ounce bottles a day. So it is, I, I learned a cu- like early on that, you know, how the big effect that, you know, being hydrated can have on preventing soft tissue injuries because when, when you think about it like a sponge, if a sponge is wet, you can move it around really well and it's really pliable and mobile. But if it's dry, it's real stiff oh, and firm yeah, and you can't, you know, kind of just really yeah. flimsy. And, and so... Yeah, your muscles are kind of like a sponge in that way. When they're hydrated, they're more mobile and can you know, withstand you know you moving and putting the torque on your <laughs> that body. That makes a lot of sense. So, I never looked at it like that. And so, yeah, when I then when I started looking at it like that, I just was pounding water. And so that's kind of that's part of my uh, my daily thing. I mean, even on days when I'm not working out or training, I'm you know, still drinking a lot of water. Not quite 300 ounces, but I still try to get you know a gallon and a half in. I'd say on a day I'm not working out, just because you want to keep your bot keep your muscles full of, of water. So the logical question to ask next then is, how many trips you make into the bathroom? Oh, it's it's obnoxious. It's I mean it's a lot. I mean, that's uh I try to I try to limit the water after like six or seven p.m. Yeah. just because I don't want to be getting up all night peeing. That's so, um, but yeah, so I, it's, there's definitely a lot of trips to the uh, to the restroom. Yes, because I drink a lot of water, not that yeah. much, but I'm like yeah. I'm constantly. But yeah. anyways, that's too much information. Yeah. Um, for what? So after that, then what? Um. Foam rolling and stretching been a big thing for me. I started uh, started a little routine that uh, following practice. I started that my rookie, uh, my rookie during my rookie year. I've kind of seen some guys, uh, you know, Lorenzo Alexander and 
Fletch, they had some they had some routines and you know a lot involved, you know, a lot of foam rolling and just mobility work. And so I tried to incorporate make my own, and uh, I feel like that's really helped me. It allows you to just it allows you to not only recover from that work the work you just did, but also makes you fresher for the start of the work you're going to do the next day. How often do you do that? Uh, it's every day after after work. Really? Yeah. And I would say and uh, and this off season actually I started upping it a little more to where I'm now foam rolling you know for 30 minutes before I work so before okay. I train before I practice doing 30 minutes before and 30 minutes after and why does that help you it just helps your muscles be more pliable and just ready for ready to move and so it and you know it, it helps you help me helps me recover but it also you know has helped in the preparatory phase of, of work of training and that and then so then is there any beyond that that's a lot and that seems like um during the season I, I have a hyperbaric chamber. I use that. Um, when did you get that? I got that in 2017 as well. So I, I can definitely attribute a lot of that, you know, how how good I felt that season to, to that as well. I'd probably do it four nights a week for an hour at a time. Okay. I'll come home after after a long, after a day and watch my film in there for an hour. And yeah. What does that do? Um, it's just pr- puts higher concentrations of oxygen. It puts you in a chamber full of a high, it's high high oxygen right. concentrate, so um, allows your you know more red blood cell. What's the science behind it? It allows more, it allows your red blood cells to carry more oxygen to your muscles, which helps you recover faster. Okay. Yeah. So like this is all things you're adding throughout your career too, because yeah. like, but you've been you know so even earlier in your career you were doing things right a certain way, but these are all things as you get older that you've been adding. It seems. Well, I think one of the things is that I'm I'm consistent about it. You know. Some guys will eat, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat my, my good, healthy foods for today. I'm going to hydrate for today, but then the next day might fall off a little bit. The next day might fall off a little bit. I'm pretty, especially during season, I'm, I'm regimented. Like, I, don't, I don't deviate. I do, this, I, I do what, I found, what I found that works for me, and I'm consistent in my approach, and I think that's, that helps. What food did you give up that maybe you miss or, or maybe you don't miss? You know, is there one that you've given up that was harder to um, put aside or... Eggs were hard just because it made breakfast more complicated. Because mm-hmm. now I'm like eating chicken breast for breakfast, which is kind of weird. <laughs> yes. And like it's like, and it's much more to cook chicken for breakfast than to just throw a couple eggs in right. the pan. So that was a little tough, but I mean, it ain't, it's it ain't so bad. How many, what's that? How many chicken breasts do you have at dinner? Uh, two, two okay. in the morning. Yeah. Is two in the morning with a couple with you know one cup of oats, flax, tablespoon of flax seeds, tablespoon of chia seeds some raspberries blueberries that's pretty much and a half avocado is, is that all year are you consistently doing that are you, yes. you so you eat like that in the off season too mm-hmm. which is what the consistency would have to right. be mm-hmm. so with all that is there anything else that you would say you know one more thing or is that well this uh, well last year we added the recovery center at right. Redskins Park got a couple new machines in there this uh, Novathor light bed it's like okay called like what's the it's a big fancy word like photo myo myobodulation or something like that where it's like it looks like a tanning bed and feels oh, yeah, like yeah, a tanning yeah, bed yeah, yeah. but it's an infrared light that's supposed to like you know help you recover at the cellular level which I don't honestly I don't really know the science behind that more than that um, but I feel like it's helped me you know it's it's it, it has helped if again if you use it consistently I feel like it helps um, that's helped after this break JP Finley and I will discuss the Colt McCoy situation and what it means for the position going forward
Welcome back. J.P. Finley and I discuss the McCoy situation, plus what areas give him the most concern. Okay, now I'm going to bring in J.P. Finley, NBC Sports Washington, Redskins Talk Pod. Follow him on Twitter. Listen to all that good stuff. And, J.P., I want to jump right into Colt McCoy because it just seems like this is becoming an issue that it's hard to get a handle on. And we talked to Jay Gruden, and he's in both he and Colt McCoy. We talked to him as well briefly. They both seem to say sooner rather than later. And, I mean, what's your concern with that this will actually be sooner rather than later? Yeah, thanks for having me, John. It's tough because Jay and Colt kind of seem like they both wanted to sound sort of optimistic, but it seemed like there was an underlying, or not even underlying, they both said they don't know, that there's no timetable. And, and what stood out to me most, I think, from Gruden's comments is that he said this thing could go two, three weeks into the regular season. And that in and of itself is a big deal because Colt McCoy was the presumed starting quarterback. But beyond that, we're talking about an injury from last December, December 1st, 2018. That's nine months ago, almost 10 months ago now. And, and we know he had surgeries along the way, but if he just needs rest to get the leg back, like, wasn't he resting for a while? And 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 the thing that, that he told us was, you know, he just can't plant and, and kind of fire on that leg. That, that's a pretty big problem. He also said that he went to see Dr. Anderson, the foot specialist, to get a during training camp to get some updates, which is another level of concern because that suggests that it's not progressing to where they felt it would. And I think when you read the body language, it doesn't feel like it's sooner rather than later. It, I, I totally agree with that. And, and if you're going to see specialists where you're flying out of state, or well, we, I mean, maybe he came in, who knows? We don't know the specifics on the location of the visit, but we, we know that you're going to see one of the foremost foot specialists in the country. And all along, this has been a leg. The tibia was the fracture, and now you're talking to a foot guy. But we believe that it's you know right where the, the bone hits the ankle. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor, but it, 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 sound, it doesn't sound like it's progressing at all. It sounds like it's regressing. Right. You know, and... and you hate it because he's such a good dude, and this was his chance, and every time he's had a chance, it's gone sideways, and it seems like it's more of that. It does, and I think that's where part of the body language for him is because he's been – you go back to a couple years ago when he had the job, I think it was, what, in 14, and he hurts his neck. Right. And then it – That was his job over Kirk. Correct. You know, and people kind of forget all that. but Yeah, and because and, and, then if he finishes out the season strong, he's going into next season as a starter. So I think I think there's, there's that frustration there, but I think there's got to be a frustration that – he also, and even Jay said, maybe they, because he said maybe we rushed him back, and then he said maybe Colt, they and Colt right. rushed it back. Because, I mean, that's one thing, and Hoffman asked a good question of Jay, just with all the Alex's infection, Geis's, Geis's infection, Colt's recovery, everything going on with Trent. Like, there, there is all this kind of legitimate questions about what the hell the Redskins are doing sure. in the recovery process, and... and Jay answered it and said, you know, we, we also have guys that come back earlier than expected. But I, I just, I, I don't know, man. This one is uh, is hard to figure. It's hard to figure because it wasn't something that you felt would be a complicating issue when it happened. And because, again, they're talking about he'll be back in a month. And now we don't even know if he'll be ready for the season. They were talking about he could play. I mean, go back to December that he could maybe play week 17 against the Eagles. I know. You know, when, when they thought they were going <laughs> to need it. 
Yeah. It's just crazy. So do you do you now assume that the job now to start the season is Case Keenum's? Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah. And it's funny because I know on your podcast, I think it was like a week ago, it's like, well, who's going to start the season? Well, at that point, I still thought it'd be right. cold because I thought he'd be back did. out. Right. I thought he'd be back out. But now at this point, it just it doesn't seem like there's really any other uh, option than Case. Dude, I wonder what's more likely, like an IR trip or week one. Yeah. You know, I, like... Maybe it's not a coin flip, but they both guys said sooner rather than later. But like reading the situation doesn't seem like sooner rather than later. Well, I don't, and I don't know. Like what I'd like I don't to know think is Colts going to get a snap in the preseason. No, and what I'd like to know is why is there confidence that it would be that? Because what has told you that? Right. Not everything, everything that's going on, and the fact that he's going to see a specialist suggests to me that there's some other issues there. And he said, if you remember right, if you remember at the beginning of training camp when he was at the podium one day. He did say even then that he was still dealing with some issues right. with it. He he did. I, I don't remember who the interview was with because I saw it on Twitter. I, I think it was like a Norfolk TV station or um, maybe a Richmond TV station. But Colt did an interview where he said, I'm still not 100%. And he's never told at least me that on the record officially. I don't know that he said that at the podium. But, like, I think it's very clear he's not 100%. Yeah. and I, I, Especially now. He wasn't even at practice today. Like, no. he wasn't. We didn't see like he's just rehabbing, is what yeah. Gruden told we, we, us. Right, and and I think when I when I've talked to him, he's like, it's not that big a deal. I'm fine. I'm fine, but he still can't go out there. And it's always been that whether it's the procedures or anything like that. You know, a couple of procedures in the off season was like, oh, it's not a big deal, not a big deal. Right. Well, you had three of them. Right. That be, three is a big At some deal. Some point it starts becoming correct. A big deal, right. So, do you think I like, I know I we both think that Case Keenum will start. Do you think there's any chance for Dwayne Haskins? I think the door has gotten further open whatever that chance was say it was 10 percent mm-hmm. i think now it's 15 or 20 sure. like, I, like he's going to get more reps he's going to get more opportunities the 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 chance grows i don't know that he'll claim it um because i said this after the cleveland game and i kind of still think it even with the brilliant throw against the Bengals fans now are seeing what we've seen for a couple months with Haskins in that he is capable of wow plays. Right. He's got a cannon of an arm. He still just doesn't seem all the way ready for the job. And, and there's a competing, I think, mindset of, well, let him learn and just get him out there because he's your best. He, he's a better, pro, he's, a, he's a significantly better prospect than Case Keenum. Sure. And I don't know that he's a worse option. You know, like, I, we'll see. But the, the, the flip side of that is, you know, don't rush him out there. Make Have him learn everything through and through before he's out there. So, and, and Gruden kind of alluded to that today when I, he he said, you know, there's some guys that get out there right away and it works, and there's some guys that take a year and it works. So there's multiple ways to handle it. I think the other problem, too, is we have the luxury of being here and talking to people and to see what is it he still needs to work on. Because a lot of what he has to work on is stuff that you don't see on TV. Right. It's, how is he how is he calling the plays in the huddle how is he with protections and all that that's stuff that we just don't see that you know unless you're talking to people you may not know how he's doing in that area so i think it kind of complicates for fans and even if media if you're not out there to 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 maybe get a different sense of maybe where he's at because i think there's so much of that that he's still learning and he even will admit that he knows that but at some point it just seems like you know you may have to roll with him i don't know that to start the season 
But I think at some point this year, you may just have to roll with him and just say, because I do believe, too, the notion that he's only going to get better by playing, I think that's true. I agree. If you're at a point where you can operate the huddle and you can make certain things, and you're going to learn no matter well, what. And, and the most important, I think, is that he's able to protect himself at the Correct. line of scrimmage and slide That's a big deal. And I think, I think that's why he came out of the Browns game is because they overloaded that left side. He didn't adjust for it. Took... Luckily, the shot didn't end up being too big, but you know he, he took a, a, a sack there, and and one, he's impressed me a lot in what he says. And he's not like a loud, boisterous dude. No. But when he talked about the play, the big play, the, the TD throw to Davis, he's like, "Man, I was most happy about what I did pre-snap." Exactly. Because getting to speak with him and know him a little bit, like all of these stud pro athletes, stud quarterbacks, he doesn't doubt whatsoever that he can make that throw. He can make that throw a hundred times. It's getting to a position where he can make that throw, know it's there, know it's the right play, not get hit. All all that sort of stuff is what he has to figure out. And it's funny because like when I I remember watching that play and like he did he did a hard count, got the safeties rotate early. That's a really good job by a rookie doing that. And so he saw what he had right away and he went with and in fact the play was supposed to go to the other side. As soon as he saw the safeties rotate, he knew he had quarters coverage, and he knew he could attack down that seam. So I think that was an impressive play, and I think that's where you say, totally. if you're a Redskins fan, hey, keep building on that. And I, my, my take is, you know, let him be at a certain point where he can go out and have success when he's ready. Not going to have success every game. You're not going to be Pat Mahomes every game, but at least when you get out there, if you're making a mistake, learn, be able to learn from it. That That's the thing. And he seems like he's that dude. Like, he, I like, think he's, he's definitely he's like that guy. very cerebral. No, he's, he's yeah. just, and that's why I say, I think if you're a Redskins fan, I think the bases to build on are there's talent, there's smarts, and he works hard. Yeah. Let, let, let's see where it goes. And I'm, not like a big ego guy. No, you no. Know, there's I, no – I don't know. It, it's – But I will say, like, in talking to people, and I don't know if you've gotten the same, nobody's really said, I think he's really close to it. I haven't gotten that sense. But coaches, even players, even players, yeah. and so and so, which is like I said, I think that's normal. It doesn't mean he's right. not doing well. It just means they know he's going to take some time. And if you have other guys that he's clearly more talented, right, than anybody, any other quarterback here, eventually I think he'll get there. And you're gonna, you know, we'll see what he got. Just a couple more here. Um, Trent Williams, Do you, have you changed any thoughts? I mean, to me, it seems like it's a we're in the same pattern that we were a week, two weeks ago, or whatever. Yeah, I, you know. I've kind of gone over to more of the I think he'll be traded side. When I would agree with that. Um, but at what point is no news good news? I don't know. <laughs> that, you know, what's funny is I think I was standing with you. We were kind of looking at Trent's locker in the locker room. And, like, Trent always has a lot of stuff. I, I imagine, like, all sorts of, He like, also had the whole corner. He doesn't right, have the whole corner. Anymore. Right, right, right. Now, I'm... Something tells me when the roster goes from 90 to 53, I think back, if Trent was the, here, he would get If he comes back, he might get the whole side. Right. Um, but he, there's all these, like, unopened boxes sitting there. It, it's – there was a time where the holdout, if you want to call – whatever you want to term his absence, there was a time where it was, like, kind of not real. But that time is long gone. Yeah. I mean – they're trying to get Donald Penn up to speed because they need him to play. Yeah, because I and I he's going to start there. I mean, eventually. Yeah. Because like Jer- Jaron Christian is just not ready. The West Martin Donald Penn thing is happening. It's just yeah. a matter of. It matter. I, I don't even think it's a matter of when. I think it happens in Philly. You know, oh, like. Okay. I don't. You well, think, Donald Penn definitely. Right. You think it could be Flowers for the Eagles? I think. I think. I would say. I think. It, I. Th- I do think it could be Flowers for the Eagles. I think. He was better in the second preseason game than sure. he was in the first. And he's trying to learn everything right. in so three weeks. I, I can see them. They are, 
he's going to count 1.5 mil on that roster right. if they cut him. I think he's going to be on there, and that's why I could see him opening up the season that way. Well, and this organization, like many, doesn't want to admit mistakes. Not starting the guy that you signed to be your left guard is kind of admitting, and it, not starting the guy. And especially if you think that it's like, hey, we got to give him time because we didn't give him time to, in the right. offseason. I could see them initially rolling him out with, with Penn in there, and he's a veteran. You know, I don't know that you want to put Penn next to a rookie in that first game. He's going to see some stuff against that Eagles front right. that would be difficult. Right. You know, and so last, last thing, just after two preseason games, what what's a one level that you say here's the hope and then the biggest concern? Um, I, I think the defense could be pretty good. Yeah. I think um, the starting defense could be pretty good. I, so you're Excuse me. I mean, that's certainly the hope is that you have a top ten defense and that they can create turnovers and make plays. The concern they're already starting to get beat up on the depth. The depth at linebacker. The decision to release Mason Foster just looks worse and worse. <laughs> like, like what was the hurry? And either do it in March when you and you can shop for another linebacker or keep him till the end of camp. Um, but. That said, Holcomb and Sean Deion Hamilton were back in practice today. I don't know that either of those injuries are major, that they're even a factor week one, but, like, you still have depth questions. Um, hope is the defense. Concern is the depth. Tim Settle was was working out on the side. Odds are he's going to be fine. Right. Caleb Brantley, we don't really know. Any big man with a foot injury is always a little dicey. Especially that, that type of injury. Um Offensively, I just don't know how they score. I, I, I think they got to run the hell out of the football. Yeah, I, I that's my that's my big concern too, especially that left side. But I just don't, the hard part with the offense is there's so many. There's a lot of what ifs. If this goes, if this goes, it could go well. But there's so many parts that you're trying to fit together that haven't played together. We haven't seen Jordan Reed out there with right. these guys. We haven't seen. Sure, that's true. You know, that's all, all that stuff. Guys, guys. I mean, so like, there's so many questions that if that, those guys come and they're playmakers and they're ready to go and fully healthy for 12, 13 games, then all of a sudden maybe your offense does look different. Right. Then Keenum can feed those guys the ball and, and stay within himself and, and run things. And that's I think that's where the hope is too. And like with that guy, because with the left side of the line, you need a guy who can handle the protection right. calls right away. And you're going to probably have to chip to help out over there a little bit more than you have in the past. And But you have a veteran guy who can operate the offense and maybe get you some, gets you some production that way. Yep. Whether it's points, Yards, whatever, to at least give that defense a chance to help you win games. Yeah. So, so anyway, let's let's end it right there. JP, thanks a lot. Thanks. We dude. sweated our butt off today, and we made it through. All right. Thank you. You owe me a Pinot Noir. <laughs> there you go. After this break, I answer your mailbag questions, including one that is deeply personal for me, and then another one from Fantasy King Matthew Berry. He wants to know something that's on everyone's mind. Okay, so now we've gotten to your portion of the podcast where you take some control and ask me the questions that you want to know. So let's dive into the mailbag. I have a few. I'm going to start with Joshua Hoffman. Um, His question is, does Case Keenum really have that much better of a grasp of the offense than Haskins? Now, I've gotten this question a lot, and you got to understand, yes, he does have a better grasp. 
But it's so much more than that. And I, I hope people start paying attention to what's being said and written about this situation. And I, I would suggest going back on ESPN.com a week ago or so, I wrote a story on all that Haskins is doing and has to learn um, to be able to, to be ready to go into a game and, and, may, and be effective. It's not just about learning the offense. It is so much more. And again, Google it. Um, I, I wrote it last week and it was talking to Haskins and the quarterbacks coach and other people. I have yet to hear from anybody in the organization, whether it's player, coach, um, or front office who says, yeah, he's, he's right. He's almost there. He's going to, you know, he should start the season. Nobody's really saying that. They're all, they all want to be patient. They all see the talent. They all know he has a lot to learn to get there. And it's okay. That's when they drafted him. We knew this. They, it's been consistent from the time he was drafted. The word patient is the number one word I've heard. And I think fans have to be patient. I think he has to be patient with himself. But the good thing is that Haskins understands what he has to learn. It's about communicating the plays in the huddle properly. It's about um, getting the protection calls right consistently. It's about being able to make this pre-snap decision. Now, he's done some good things in some of those games, but he's also turned the ball over a few times. And I think one of the things you have to get to as a coach is trust him. Can you trust him in certain situations? He hasn't been in enough situations, not only just here, but in his career. He only played 14 games in college. I think when you're a pocket passer like Haskins is, there's a lot more you have to learn because defenses will try to do a lot more to confuse you because they know they can try that because your legs aren't a threat to them. Yes, he can get out of situations with legs. He's not a statue. But we're talking about a guy who's going to gain eight or nine yards versus a guy like Kyler Murray who could get out of a situation and hit a big play downfield or run for 40 yards, much like what Robert used to do. So I think you have to keep all that in mind. So it goes beyond just a grasp of the offense. We know he's more talented than these other quarterbacks. It's going to take him a little bit to get there, and that's okay. It'll be worth the wait. And I've even talked to people who are big fans of his, who are outside the organization, and they'll point out things to me. And their comment to me, one guy the other night was like, I hope that the Redskins do the right thing by him and give him that time. Um, because the, the, the payoff, I think, will be there, but patience. So Master Blaster wants to know the possibility of the team putting Colt McCoy on IR or IR designated for return. Well, first, Master, there is no more IR designated for return. You put a guy in IR and you're allowed to activate two off there. You don't have to designate him for that. So, but that aside, of course there's a chance he could go on IR because he's still dealing with an issue from with his leg that was first injured on December 1st last year. I mean, this is kind of incredible that he's still dealing with this. Um, and reading the body language, Colt McCoy is frustrated, and I think the team is a little bit frustrated too, not at him, but because he still can't plant and drive the way he needs to. So, Let's look at this now, what they're saying. Gruden said that it could be two to three weeks into the season before McCoy is ready. If that's the case, it's hard to imagine, it's hard for me to imagine him going on IR. That's a month from now. I think if this were in the season and they said it would be, you know, let's say this were the season and they say it's going to be a month and a half, then yes, I think you put him on IR um, because he's going to be taking up a roster spot for four, five, maybe six games. Right now, he'd only take up a roster spot for two to three games. The Redskins were planning to are almost assuredly going to keep three quarterbacks, or we're going to um, keep three quarterbacks. So you could just make Colt McCoy inactive. It doesn't affect how you were looking at your roster going into this. Um, yes, it would allow you to sneak somebody else on there, but I think they're not going to do that. I don't think they need to do that um, in this case. I think the other thing 
Um, here is Master, and why I think they'll still be on the rosters, I think it's going to depend on where they feel Haskins is at in his development. If they felt he could go into a game right now and help them win if he has to, I think they'd be more inclined to put Colt on IR and just let it see how it goes for him. Let him get the rest and the time he needs. I think there's some question about that, or if there's a lot of questions about that, and they say, well, I think he might be ready two to three weeks in the season, then I think you start him on the active roster and see. And if after a few weeks nothing has changed, then I think you could see him go on IR. Um, but for right now, I still I lean toward him being on the roster open the season. I think after a couple of weeks, you probably have to reevaluate. Uh, Martin Collison wants to know, looking at the left side of the O-line, who starts opening day? Penn and Flowers, question mark? Yes, Penn and Flowers would be my picks. Penn is now going to work with the starters. Um, I, my, my guess is he will start Thursday against Atlanta. And, and, and then the Redskins go from there. So I think, you know, for him, it's just been a matter of working back into playing shape. You don't want to throw him out there with the ones right away when he's still working back into football shape and getting acclimated. And that means getting used to the game speed, et cetera, because it just wouldn't help him. It would make him look bad. I think it would cause people to panic probably outside the organization. Um, but it allows him to kind of ease his way back in. I think that's what they're doing. So definitely expect him there. Jaron Christian has a ways to go. We can see that. His kick steps need to be a lot more consistent. And that lead when they are, it leads to better balance, which leads to better play. Still, still has some stuff to do there. Flowers, I think he'll start there because of his size and experience. And I think when you have some questions on that left side, I think you're going to err on the side of experience initially. And I think his size showed well in the second preseason game. Still has some issues. I still don't see him getting to the second level and, and really getting after anybody. I don't see him blocking anybody when he gets there. I think there's still some questions you can have about his game, a lot of questions you can have about his game and the consistency. I, like I said, I thought the second game was better, but you're still going to see some of those issues. And I think ultimately Wes Martin will get that job. I just think to start the season, I think it'll be pen and flowers. All right, AZ wants to know about John Bostic. He said he looked really good and comfortable in the D last Thursday. Could it be the surprise pickup of the offseason? What am I hearing about his transition to the defense? Well, AZ, what I've heard is how good a grasp he has on the defense already. So the transition so far has been good. Jay Gruden talked about how well he communicates, and I don't think you communicate well unless you have a good feeling on the D. Now, he's been in similar Ds, um, style Ds, in the past, last year with Pittsburgh, for example. This is, I think, it's like in the last five or six years, he's been with a number of teams. So let's not go crazy about him just yet. Um, but I do think if you play with good instincts and are consistent with what you're doing and how you're reading things, you should have success behind this defensive front. In the few conversations I've had with Bostic, I like his ability to explain what's going on and why. It's For me, it's a good start for him. Let's see where it goes. And I think, you know, that that's it. He's calling the defensive signals for right now for just for what it's worth. All right, Charlie Gaddy wants to know what's going on with receiver Paul Richardson. Is there any concern he will not be ready for week one? I don't think we're at that point yet where there's a concern about week one. He has a quad injury. And my understanding is if this were a late season game and a playoff push, he'd be out there. Um, he did a lot of running on Sunday and said he felt good. I think the key is always after you run, how does it feel the next day or two? Um, after last year, I think there's zero chance that he returns until completely healthy. Last year, he had the collarbone issue. I'm telling you folks, man, I saw the bone sticking out of his out of his chest or out of his, yeah, his chest area when he was walking on the locker room one time, it wasn't pretty. And then he had the knee injury. So he was never healthy. I think because of that, I think he's going to make sure. And that the quad, though, is I think at a good point for him. 
if, at least that's how he felt. Um, and so we'll go out there. Now, as far as his usage this year, he's not going to be their number one receiver. I think we know that. He's going to lose some time at the Z to other receivers, including Cam Sims, but he's definitely going to be part of the rotation. They do want to use his speed. I can't say that I saw a lot during training camp that makes me feel like they're going to use him a ton or that he'll be a big part of the offense, but it definitely something that they need because of that speed. So I'll be curious to see how that goes for him. Matthew Berry, my colleague at ESPN, the fantasy king, um, he wait, he wants that. He has a question too, and of course I'm going to answer answer Matthew Berry's questions because you know he's he's my guy. He's a big Redskins fan. I think you probably know that. So let's go. So he wants to know the Redskins have had the most players on the IR each of the last two years, over 50 in total, and now Trent Williams claims to be holding out, at least in part because of the medical care he received from the team. What is the team's stance on their medical staff? Matthew, that's a good question. Um, Let's go. Here's what Gruden said Sunday when asked directly about the medical staff, the confidence and the care, the confidence in them and the care the players receive, um, especially relating to the Colt McCoy situation, the latest issue. So here's Gruden's quote, quote, I have faith in the trainers and the doctors. That's all you can do and the players have to buy in and do what they have to do to get ready. Some of these injuries take time. There's no rhyme or reason, he goes on to say. Up to the, it's up to the players to do the work, the doctors to give them direction, and the trainers to work them. We have a good enough staff to do that. We've had injuries that some have lasted longer than others. We've had a lot of guys that have had injuries that have come back quickly and don't get talked about. End of quote. So again, I think actions here, Matthew, they haven't done they haven't made any changes to the medical staff. I think that tells you all you need to know. Um, and again, actions, actions, actions. What I've gathered from others, I think some people like the trainers personally. I don't think they always like dealing with them. Some agents I've talked to have said their clients were treated well. Others talked about what they wish there was better communication and direction from some of the staff. Um, I've talked to others who worked here who considered this medical staff, not just one person, but the medical staff, the overall staff, average at best. Um, I think there is a more lax atmosphere than some others, some, some other places. Um, and that works for some players. It doesn't work for others. And I think the reason why Gruden brought up the treatment or the, what the player's responsibility is, and listen, you heard Ryan Kerrigan earlier in this podcast talking about what he does to stay healthy and to get ready. I think that's something that they hold up as an example. This is what you can be doing and should be doing to help yourself. Some people blame some of, you know, um, some of their former teammates for not taking treatment more seriously. Some of those guys would show up for, if, if treatment ends at 8.30, they might show up at 8 o'clock expecting to get full treatment. Well, that's not going to happen. So you're not getting a full treatment. You're not doing what you should be doing to get ready. And some of those guys got hurt a lot. Um, I do think when you look at this situation, I think we're past the days of the Redskins wanting to be great in all areas. And again, I'm not putting this on any one person because I think there's probably a multitude of reasons why they've had so many injuries. Some are fluke. Some could be, you know, treatment or, or post the recovery sessions. And I think that's one of the things they've done. Instead of changing the medical staff, they beefed up their recovery center to try and help in that area. Let's see this year if there, it makes a difference. And I will say, I'm going back to Kerrigan. When he first broke into the league, I think it was like the first couple of years, the Redskins only had like eight or nine guys on IR each of those years. And it's largely a lot of the same people here. It's been the last several years where, where that has changed. So um, I think it's, you know, um, we'll see if it changes at all this year. But again, Matthew, their stance is these guys are still here. I think you can take from that what you, what you rightly um, 
you know, should. So well, I'm going to end on this one. And I appreciate Jeremiah Fuhr asking me this question. And it's as simple as my favorite Joe White memory. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Joseph um, was uh, an Associated Press sports reporter for 20 years in Washington, D.C. That many cover the Redskins for 20 years. Joseph recently died at the age of 56. Um, very sudden, shocking, and sad. Just like you can say that about anybody who passes. Um, from, you know, so it was it definitely a, it been a tough time for those of us in the industry who knew him or for anybody who knew him. Um, I'm going to keep this one simple because there is one time where it did um, that stands out. Joseph was a very quirky guy and a sitcom character waiting to happen. But when I look back on Joseph, what I look back on is one time where I helped him move. And Joseph was coming off a divorce. He's going to become a single parent. His ex-wife was moving completely, multiple, multiple states away. So this was going to be on Joseph. And rather than look at the negative or, or turn bitter on the outside, Joseph spun this as an adventure for, his, for he and his son. He talked about the games they were going to play and the fun they were going to have at their new place and all the fun things they were going to do. And, and that's what that house turned into. The house was always one where you went to Joseph's house, you were going to play games. You were going to have some sort of adventure with Joseph, and that's who he was. And it also, it's a lot of the things he's done. He hiked the Appalachian, Appalachian Trail, or most of it, the, earlier this summer until he broke his wrist. He bought a health grocery store in Stanton, Virginia, and became a pillar of the community. He liked adventure. But with this, with this little example, or this little um, memory, um, also speaks to is it was his priorities as a dad. And it's why I think his son was, was raised so well. And it speaks to Joseph as a person. He was a damn good person. Jeremiah, thank you for asking this one. Well, I'm going to close it out on that note. Thank you to Ryan Kerrigan for joining me, as well as J.P. Finley. As always, thank you for your mailbag questions. And as much as anything, thank you for listening.